Welcome to Wolf Tales, where you'll be hearing stories from our own staff and volunteers here at Wolf Connection. We'll also be speaking with artists, photographers, videographers, and musicians about the way the wolf has influenced their work. It's just me coming to you today for this podcast. And I wanted to do this, and this was out of uh, inspiration from another volunteer, Afsoon, who is just going to be entering, I think, her first year in October. And I usually love to do these podcasts because I technically, theoretically don't want to hear my own voice. (laughs) And I love to hear what other people have to say. But I've hit a milestone here at Wolf Connection that I've been here for now five years this month. And there have been so many things that I've gone through personally and stories that I've seen and events that have hit me in a way that have changed me, I, th- I believe, for the better and have challenged me in ways that I don't think I would have had in any other setting. It's such a unique journey to be here. And I want to thank all of those of you that have listened to this podcast, that have downloaded this podcast, that have sent messages from all over the world to us stating how this podcast has impacted you and how the work that Stephen and myself are doing has affected you in one way or another. And this would not have started if not for five years ago. And I'll start my journey there because I've asked so many people to share their stories and my story gets danced around because that's not the focus of what I try to do. But so all of you can understand, my story began five years ago, probably a little bit more than five years ago, when I went on a hike for Wolf Connection. I was looking for wolf hikes in California. I was new to the area, probably, I believe at that point, I had only been in California for two years and found a wolf hike through Wolf Connection. And it was supposed to be a large group of people, probably 20 to 25. And when I showed up, it was myself and maybe five other individuals. So it was very intimate. It was very private. And it was at the old property, which I didn't know at the time, because those of you that have been here to Wolf Connection and seen the property at 165 acres, it used to be a very, very or a smaller space than what we have now. And so when I went through that hike and went through that experience, it was unlike anything I really had ever been to in terms of nature, in terms of your standard zoo or animal farm or game farm, things of that sort. And I realized that there was a deeper connection that was being made by myself as a guest and the other individuals that were there with these wolves and wolf dogs that were on the property. And I, I remember distinctly on the hike, because as I was scrolling through my phone and thinking about doing this, 
I came across the pictures of Willow, who is our, our podcast wolf, and Bo, who has since passed away since I've been here for five years. They were the two wolves that I was lucky enough to interact with on our hike. And it, it was such a unique experience that I, I remember being scared and fearful. And I know that's something that for most of us can be hard to admit. And I know for myself, it was something of trying to push through that uncomfortable, uncomfortable, uncomfortability if I can say that right. And just trying to make myself small and make myself in a way that these wolves would interact with me or these wolves. And I was looking for that interaction. And that's one thing I think that I can say that I have done a complete 180 since I've been here from that first hike is understanding that the interaction portion with anything in nature in that regard does not have to be physical. It does not have to be touched. There does not have to be a lick or any sort of physical interaction in that you are constantly in interaction with the world around you and nature around you and that you are just being in the woods or on a trail. You are part of that landscape, no matter what it is. And so having that interaction on that hike, and then as we wrapped up, I remember a former staff member, Julia, she brought out Coda, who was going to escort us to our cars. And we did a stop right before we got to the parking lot. And Coda, who at that point still had his brother Chance, and was younger than the 10 years, 10 years old that he is now, rolled. (laughs) When he got to me, I was taking video and photos and he actually rolled into my lap. And I don't know if that was the moment or the interaction that changed the course of my life at that point but I started sharing that on the tours and it must have stuck with me for some reason because about three or four months later, I was able to rework my schedule and be able to start volunteering at Wolf Connection and and be part of the core volunteer program. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a light decision by any means. There was, there was some sort of pull to this place that I remember stating, and again, I can remember these, these words vividly is that believe I was asked, well, what's, what's the reason you want to volunteer and you want to be part of this organization? And I looked around and I saw the property and I saw the care that was being taken of these wolves and wolf dogs. And I, I stated that this was something that I could see myself doing and the impact that I could make could be visible. And I could translate that to telling other people that this was a place where you could see physical change. You could see the change in the animals. 
you could be a part of their growth, their healing. And once I got involved, it happened within the first couple of months. Those of you that know me or have been here at the ranch before and Code I am deeply connected with and JC is the other one. And I remember I was probably in my first couple of months here and JC early on when I started was more anxious than he is at this point in his life. And it was more of a struggle to get him leashed and to get him to go on a hike. And for whatever the reason, he and I connected in a way that he felt comfortable near me. And by the, by the grace of whatever it may be, I was called, called into his enclosure and was used as a, a helping tool to get him on leash so that he was more comfortable. And since that point, I think him and Coda and myself have really gone through this journey together in varying ways. I think JC really was the wolf that kept me going in those first couple of years and helped me along in a way that I don't know if I was prepared for what Coda was going to teach me later on. And it's something I always wonder is about how we all fit into this place and fit into wolf connection and why we're here. You know, we all come from varying walks of life. And I'll never forget a, a volunteer, Matt, who I still keep in touch with and he comes back ever so often. And Matt, if I butcher this quote, I, pro- I apologize in advance if you're listening. He said something that has always stuck with me that you really get to know a person when you're chopping chicken in the dead of winter to feed these wolves. And he's not wrong. And there were so many hot summer days still, hot summer days and very cold nights and days in the fall and winter time here in California where you really begin to see the type of individual that is here, that volunteers, that stays around and that is here not only for the wolves, but also interacts in the program aspect and the people empowerment part of it. And I, uh, I keep floating in and out and these thoughts are just coming to me as I, as I continue to talk to you all is that when I first began, my focus was, were the wolves. It was their care. It was how do I make their life better? And I know the programs were a big angle. And initially my aim and my focus was not there. 
And lo and behold, probably about a year and a half or so into my tenure, I began speaking with Amanda, who you've all heard on this podcast a couple of times. And we discussed how I could be involved in programs and how I would be able to impact the youth that come through here. Even if I was just being silent and holding space. And at the time I had no idea what holding space was about. I had no idea what I would say to teenagers because I was in my thirties and you don't know the reactions you would get or, and that was part of my uncomfortability. It was part of me not being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's something that this place does to you that when you're tossed into a situation that you are extremely uncomfortable with, you are forced to deal with that decision and forced to deal with those circumstances for better or for worse. But I've seen for the most part, you come out better for it. And I know with the programs and with guidance from Amanda and guidance from many others that I was able to be a part of these programs and be a source of comfortability and a source of connection for some of these youth. And it was something I didn't think at the time was going to be part of my life. But what strikes me about the youth that come here is that how incredibly powerful and how much wisdom the young adults have when we're speaking at the medicine wheel, when we're talking in our circles, when we're doing poetry, when we're building benches. These are young men and women who for some reason or another, they don't have the outlet, much like the wolves, to be themselves. Much like the wolves, their voices sometimes are taken away from them. And to see the transformation when given that opportunity, when given that space to be able to speak their truth without judgment. It is a fascinating thing to see. And to be a part of that and to see that firsthand, I can tell you there are many magical moments that if you were to say them to me, just walking down the street, I wouldn't believe you. And I would say that I'd have to see it to believe it. And I can tell all of you firsthand, I've seen beautiful things happen here. I've seen individuals come here that when we say sacred timing, it doesn't mean you have to be complete and be ready to go after eight weeks. But man, some of them are. And a lot of things click. And it can be as simple as looking at people's appearance. 
and seeing the comfortability. I remember one young woman who came through and initially, you know, her hair was inside of a hat, glasses were on, very closed off for the first two, two weeks or so, two or three weeks. And I remember commenting to Amanda at one point saying, you know, do you notice the difference? Because we debrief after every program. Did you notice the difference in this young woman today? And she goes, no, what did you see? And I go, her hair was down. She had contacts in and she was open more so this week than she ever had been in the first three weeks. Little subtle changes like that in feeling comfortable to be yourself and to maybe try something that you don't feel comfortable doing, but you feel comfortable doing it here with us. It's so simple and yet it's so huge. And these are the things that I think about as I walk through and take hikes with certain animals, with Shade or with Max or with Coda, is that we do these things here for the betterment of us as a collective. And that we are trying to be this safe place where we can bring out the best in these individuals and not do it and not pressure them to do those things. They can do it all on their own in their own sacred timing. And they teach us a lot. These wolves teach us a lot. These kids teach us a lot. Some of the adults that come here teach us a lot. I find, as I said just before with hiking with uh, some of these wolves with the shades and the maxes and the codas. You know, it's, it's tough to be in silence for most of us. And I know for myself, I was quiet as a kid. I very rarely spoke up, spoke out, spoke my truth on many levels. But I found here that when I'm hiking with certain animals, with certain wolves, that that silence can be that comfortable space for me again. I can find that connecting with nature and being alone with your thoughts. These are things that can just make all of the other noise stop. because there's work and there's home life and there's our own pets and our jobs. But there are times and the, and the best times for me are sometimes when I'm here and I don't look at my phone for a full eight hours. And I can tell you that is some of the best eight hours that I can spend during the week. those days and those revelations impact the rest of my life. It makes those connections 
with those that really matter that much stronger. I mean, hell, we, those of you that know that followed us when we went to Yellowstone and when we created this podcast, if I could tell you the amount of love and outpouring that we have gotten from people that were hundreds of thousands, you know, hundreds of miles away, sometimes a few thousand miles away. It's extraordinary. We went to Yellowstone and we interviewed multiple individuals who, who live there, who work there and have studied wolves for the better part of their lives. And I'll, I'll remember the first first morning that we went into the park and we had our wolf connection gear on and we were scoping and looking for wolves and an individual by the name of Steve Johnson who was scoping in the same area turned looked at our group and said wolf connection you know there's a podcast are you guys associated with that because I thought your voices sounded familiar that, trust me, we don't do this for the recognition. But I can tell you there, Stephen and I looked at ourselves in disbelief, but also in a way of saying that, yeah, this is the reason. This is what we're here to do is to spread the message to connect people with wolves, to spread these values that we teach in the programs, to be a voice, to be a beacon for those who don't have the opportunity right now, may never have the opportunity to be at Wolf Connection in person but to be able for them to understand what we do and how we reach out to others that can't make it. I mean, those individuals, that group in Yellowstone, I'm forever grateful for. And we will go back. Dylan, Maddie, John Wood, Rick McIntyre, Rick Lamplew, Dylan, Jeremy, Jack, Taylor, Jim Halfpenny. These individuals have given us a bridge to almost another dimension, have, give, have connected our two places so that we can continue to connect places. Again, if you would have told me six years ago, this is where I'd be sitting, you know, in front of a microphone, speaking about some of the thoughts and feelings that I've had in these past five years, I would have called you absolutely nuts. To have an opportunity to 
find the radical middle to try and bring opposing sides together so that we have a balanced relationship with the wild. And to do that in any way that we can, this is our platform. This is our way to do that. But I can tell you, we wouldn't have gotten here with, without the support of this organization. And the individuals around myself that have continued to push and tell me that there is more in there, that there is more to you than you think, more to you than you know. That's how this was born. That's how this became a reality. It's been a struggle. It's always been a struggle to be able to speak and share the truth of things that I want for myself to share stories that I so passionately love because of a crippling fear I had as a young man speaking in front of large groups. And now I can't get enough of it. I can't wait to go on tours and tell people these stories about these wolves, about these kids that have come through here, about these volunteers that have dedicated their lives to this place. You've heard some of the wolf tales. These are real, living, breathing individuals that genuinely sacrifice so much for the greater good. And our organization is not alone. There are many others out there, many others that we've interviewed. They are doing the work to make sure that we are keeping ourselves in line and in balance, especially with this species. I never knew the rift that there was between humans and wolves. I wasn't privy to it. I wasn't looking for it. Now I crave it. I crave looking for the next book to read. I look for the information. I want to know both sides. I want to make sure that I am knowledgeable enough to have these conversations. The long pauses here are for me just to sit and be comfortable with just letting things breathe. I can tell you that used to feel so uncomfortable. That used to be so uncomfortable for me to have to collect my thoughts, for me to not really know. I've always been a thinker. I've always not jumped or leapt at the first sign, but I've learned to become comfortable with that. I've learned how to use that as a strength, how to use that to teach and tell these stories, to impact young men and women, adults, anyone that comes through these doors and steps foot on this property 
so that I'm able to share my experience so hopefully it can help their experience. For better or worse, it has given me a higher purpose. And there are days I sit and I look into my books and I, I look at when I'm working and I wonder, maybe this is the calling. It's struggling to feel a pull for something that feels so natural now. To know that maybe there is more. Like I said, being comfortable with being uncomfortable is something I would have never dreamed I would have been able to do with my life. The thing that this place shows you and that these wolves show you and that these kids show you is that we are all learning and teaching from each other. We are giving ourselves to each other and getting through these things together. We had a relationship with this species for tens of thousands of years. And somewhere along the way, I think it got lost or it changed probably for the, for the worst part. But here I think there's a chance and there's an opportunity for us to reestablish what we've lost. Not in a dominant way, not in a I own this type of way, but it offers us a chance to revisit and reconnect with those feelings, with those thoughts, with those yearnings, with those feelings that we may have lost over the course of our lives. Like few of the volunteers here, I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid. I did all my elementary school reports on animals. That was my calling. I wanted to do that. Not to say that me going to college and getting my degree and working at the jobs that I worked were wrong. And sometimes, like I said before, the sacred timing, it just takes a few years to understand our actual purpose, to understand why we are walking this earth. I have changed for the better in these last five years. The impact that I have felt from not just the wolves, but the humans alike will stick with me forever. And who's to say if this will be where I spend the rest of my days or I move on from here, but I know at this point in this juncture that I am taking the lessons that I've learned and using them throughout my professional life, I'm using them in ways that affect my own domestic dogs, the way that I treat them, the way that I see them, the way that I try to understand them, the stories that and the feelings that I've shared here with you all, it's just something that comes up. And I had a whole 
I wrote notes down for about three or four days and I had a structure. And if anything is what this place has taught me is that structure does not matter. Is that organically flowing through something sometimes leads you to the ultimate endpoint, the ultimate conclusion. And you reach it in a way that you wouldn't have thought you've reached it there before. This conversation will always continue as long as I'm here. And that Stephen is at the helm with me. I couldn't have asked to meet a better individual to go on this specific journey on this podcast with. I couldn't have asked for a better group of individuals to come together as a team and as a pack to unknowingly or not guiding me through the last five years that I've been at Wolf Connection. I hope that the next five years will be even more of a revelation that we will continue to forge forward and that we will be able to bring more individuals here, more groups here, more wolves here. Because in my mind, we need each other. We need to continue to learn from each other. Not to be so divisive. We need to listen to one another. We need to have these conversations. We need to not be so judgmental. Because if these young men and women have taught me anything is that everyone has a story. Everyone has a right for their voice to be heard. I thank you all for listening to my wolf tale. And please continue to listen, continue to comment. We are here and we will always be broadcasting to you and giving you the best that we can through these interviews, through these stories, through this pack. You are all the heartbeat that keeps us going. Until next time, Stephen will be with me. Howls to you all. We'll be with you next time. Looking to support Wolf Connection or sponsor one of the wolves in our pack? Just go to wolfconnection.org, click on the donate tab, and find out more information.